Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 69th episode of the PJ Archive. It's a phone interview I did with the fantastic trailblazing Canadian singer Anne Murray. It took place in late 1993 when she released an outstanding album entitled Croonin, which comprised covers of many classic songs previously made famous by other artists. It was then 25 years since the release of her debut album, What About Me? So I began by asking Anne if it felt like quarter of a century to her. Sometimes. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've been traveling, and, and you get a little tired of it after a while, you know. And, yeah. And also, I have two teenagers, and right. um, it's really tough when they're this age leaving, you know. Yes. But, but it doesn't... Um, no, it doesn't seem like 25 years. It's, it has flown by, really. Now, you've got this fabulous album out to, to sort of celebrate crooning. Yes. Is that something you've always wanted to do? Well, I always wanted to do an oldies album because ever since I've started, people have been telling me that my voice is suited to doing the standards. And by the time I got around to it, because I was having success with just regular pop albums, you know, and... and and what happens is you get caught up and you think, well, I'm, maybe next year I'm going to do it and then maybe next year. But before I knew it, the the uh, market was sort of glutted with standard albums and, and I just went, well, maybe I'll just wait a while. And I didn't know what form it would be. And then one day I was looking through a Billboard compilation book of the hits from, the, I think, from 1945 through to the present and I started going through all those 50s songs, and I went, my God. I knew the words to almost every one of them. And, uh, and all of a sudden, a, a kind of a light, bulb, a light came on over my head, and I went, this is it. I mean, these are the songs of my childhood. These are, I learned to sing from these people, and uh, it just made so much sense to do it. Are these people your friends? Well, uh, I do know Rosemary Clooney. Right. And I have met uh, Patty Page and Peggy Lee, and uh, I have worked with them on stages from time to time, and I've worked with Perry Como, but I would have to say they're more... I've, people in show business are ever so quick to call people their friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would call them more acquaintances than anything else. And, and, of course, as a child, they were my heroes. Yeah. Have you had any response from any of these people at all as oh, to... Oh, yes. Um, I sent uh, CDs to each of them, and uh, along with uh, with notes, and the notes really consisted of they were fan letters that I've never written to these people, and right. and um, I heard from all but two. Really. And uh, just very uh, beautiful letters and very positive, and uh, they all just to a person love the album, which to me is really the highest compliment I can have. Can you give me some examples of one or two of the great compliments or letters well, that you've had? I think the most, well, shocking, I should say, but was from Doris Day, who hadn't, who hadn't even heard the CD yet, right. but was so thrilled at having received it that she sat down immediately oh. and, and, and wrote and, and just said, well, here, I have it right here. An album. I've always loved your voice. This is from Doris Day. I mean, yeah. Doris Day. I wanted to be Doris Day <laughs> when I was a kid. So she says, I've always loved your voice so much. And then reading that you enjoyed my work, 
I was floored. Oh. I mean, can you believe that? <laughs> and, are, are you going to frame all these letters? Yes. I'm, I have, um, in Nova Scotia, in my hometown, yeah. they've built a, an Anne Murray Center, yeah. which houses all the memorabilia and stuff for my career, and I'm going to uh, put them in there. And Perry Como wrote, uh, it's a good thing I recorded Wanted when I did. You've done a great job. <laughs> I, I mean, those are just, so great. Yeah. Who are the two that didn't send you back? Peggy Lee, uh-huh. but Peggy's um, is not well. No. You know, so I really didn't expect to hear from her. But we did play it over the phone to her yeah. when we were in the studio, and her all she wanted was to make sure she got credit for having written rewritten a lot of the lyrics because she didn't write that song. When she um, recorded it, she rewrote many of the lyrics. So she just wanted to make sure she was going to get credit for it. Mm. But I didn't hear from her, and I didn't hear from Julie London, right. whose version of Crimea River was the one I, I listened to. Yes. Now, you're best known for the song Songbird. Snowbird, Snow- yeah. Beg your pardon, beg your pardon, yeah. Snowbird. Do you get fed up with people associating you with that song all the time? Well, not really. I mean, that was the first, and it was my very first record, and... Uh, I don't think anyone ever expects their very first record to be a hit of that magnitude. I certainly didn't. And so I'm very grateful to have had the record because it launched the career. But really for me, it was You Needed Me that that got my career yep. on, a, on a roll. And, yeah. and that was the song that was probably bigger for my career than, than even Snowbird. So... Uh, no, I, I, that doesn't bother me at all, even after all these years. And those songs have withstood the test of time. I mean, they're still played on radio to this day. Yeah, no question about that. But when you're performing, when you're doing a concert, don't you get a bit fed up by having to do the oldies all the time? Well, no. Uh, you see, my, uh, my uh, live performances are kept to a minimum. I perform maybe 75 dates a year. Yeah. And they're well-spaced. So I never really get that tired of it, and Snowbird goes by very quickly. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very short song, and it's kind of a vocal exercise anyway. So, <laughs> nah, I, it really doesn't bother me, and I have enough of the new stuff that, uh, and I I I think that you, you would be cheating audiences if you didn't sing those songs. Quite so. Yeah. Now you've sold over twenty five million records yeah. so far why do you think that is why do you think you've come through whereas there are so many singers out there who don't make it well I, I think um, first of all the sound of the voice is very unique it's yeah. uh, very different from anyone else's um, I sing well and I have a, and always have had a pretty good knack of choosing songs so all of those things combined uh, plus I've had a very low profile career too it's been um you know, it's been very quiet. Do you think that's a good thing, then? Is that what well, you're saying? I, I think for longevity, yes. Um, I think that too much of a good thing. You know, if you're seeing people's picture on the front of magazines constantly and being barraged by seeing them in the right place at the right time with the right people, and I, I think you're tired of it. Um, well, I could never be accused of that, and I'm not exactly a publicist's dream either. <laughs> Why? Because you you don't do many interviews. You're quite reclusive. Well, or? no, I I, I do <coughs> interviews, and and I enjoy doing interviews, um, but I don't do a lot of, you know, I'm never, I'm not part of any kind of show business community. I'm not, you know, I don't go to events or I just do my work. I I perform to the people, and then I come home. 
Yeah, I was going to say to you, because, I mean, you live in Canada. Yes. And most of the sort of showbiz fraternity and sorority or whatever live in Los Angeles and Hollywood and everything. Have you ever been tempted to move there? Uh-huh. Oh, contraire. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't like it at all. It's totally foreign to me. It, right. there's, it, there is no semblance of reality. Um, so... I mean, I have spent a lot of time there, but I would never live there, and I certainly would never bring my children up there. Have you ever had anyone say to you, though, you'll never make it completely until you've moved there? Or Oh, yes. In oh. the early days, um, people <clears throat> said to me that I absolutely should move there so that I could have my finger in the pulse of what was going on. And Well, I, I, I really felt that if that's what was going to take, then I would teach school again, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I resisted, and... And I've been very happy about that. Was your upbringing something which put your feet on the ground? I think so. I came from a coal mining town where all my friends' fathers were coal miners. And we we suffered in, in our little town. We suffered two major mining disasters when I was a kid, uh, only three years apart and uh, two years apart, actually. And I've, I had a lot of my friends uh, whose fathers were killed and boy, you learn a lot by living in a community like that, seeing their strength and the people's strength and resilience and uh, you talk about reality, you know, and, and I also came from a family of I had five brothers, still do and um, they sort of kept my feet on the ground too. <laughs> are, are any of them in show business? One of, one of my brothers my youngest brother traveled with me for six years, Yeah, he sang with me, but um the road was a little bit too much for him, and he had two little babies, and he just felt that he could have more of a contribution at home if he stayed, and so he teaches now. You had five brothers and no sisters? That's right. Do you think that uh, there was something special about that? You are always going to be something special? Well, I think my mother thought I was very special. I don't think they did. Uh, they treated me as an equal, and I got battered around just as much as anybody else. And uh, Well, even now... Not anymore. <laughs> They've quit, finally. <laughs> they quit when I was about 18 years old. But, uh, but it's, you know, you, sh- you certainly are strong and determined. I mean, everything they did, it seemed to be, uh, was terrific. They were good students. They played hockey. They played baseball. And they did all those things very well. So I had to compete. I had to find something that I could do at least as well or better than they did, and I did. Did you always think that you would make it, that you would be somebody special one day? I don't think so. Um, I really believed that I was going to teach school, and uh, but I've always had so many good people, uh, so many very supportive people around me who have encouraged me, and I, I think there was a time, I think in the mid-'70s, when I realized that, this is it. You're going to have to take it now and go with it. And I, I became a little more determined and a little more self-assured and all of that. And I think part of that had to do with, with having children because I had always wanted, dreamed about having children. And that was yeah. very important to me. And once I got that out of the way, I felt like I could do anything. Right. Was there any advice you got from anyone or any particular philosophy that you went by that you know, helped you? In, uh, get underway in this career? I don't think so. I, I think that uh, very early on in my career, I was uh, I was scared to death of success. I, I was pe- uh, petrified that I was going to end up being a success and feeling compelled to move to Los Angeles and buy a Rolls Royce and 
do all those things, I thought that I would get completely caught up and that I would change and become a different person. And so it frightened the life out of me. But I got beyond that, you know, and I, there were more important things to do. And, and I just stayed here in Canada and did it my own way. And so it just kind of evolved on its own. I kind of grew up and, and uh, realized that those things don't have to happen. What was the big break for well, you? Well, I think the big break was you needed me because it came along when my career was kind of floundering and I was I was toying about uh, quitting, you know, just getting out of it all together because I yeah. couldn't seem to to get any, any momentum happening. And, and uh, all of a sudden I had this great song and um, then... I think that was it. That was the turning point, and I won a Grammy for that song, and in the company of Barbara Streisand and Olivia Newton-John and and Carly Simon and Donna Summer. That, and and so I think that sort of was the turning point when I realized, look, you're in this, and you can do this if you really want it. And uh, so I think that was it for me. What about the show through which you met your husband? Well, that was way back in the beginning and I really didn't even think that was going to take me to anything great. I mean, that was done in Halifax, Nova Scotia and it's not exactly the center of show business activity <laughs> but it did it did go across the country so that people did see it all over Canada. Was that the initial leg up, do you think? That's you, right, yeah. absolutely. That's what started it all and that's where people started to see the show and encourage me and, and uh, I must say that here in Canada uh, from day one I've been I've had great support from from uh, here from people in the press, people uh, every you know the media in general has been wonderful to me here, and the and the people have too. You know how they often say you can't go home. Well, I can go home and play in Halifax, for instance, uh, to full houses, and people appreciate you. And they did when I started too. So I'm very fortunate. How important was your husband in your career? Well, he he got me on that TV show, and he taught me a lot uh, about the business. He certainly taught me a lot about television, and but he let it go very early because he realized that he could only do so much, and he kind of handed me over, in a sense, uh, very early to to people who knew. And and really, I was dealing I I was dealing with LA managers in the beginning, and they had no idea what I was about or they they wanted to make me into somebody I wasn't, and I resisted that, too. And so I think my career took a little longer because I was so determined to be my own person. What does your husband go on to do, and what does he do now? Well, he's, um, he's doing a TV show right now. He's doing a retrospective of some of those old shows. Right. And uh, so he's uh, right now is a uh, producer, uh, host of this show, and has been doing it for a couple of years. But... That's been his job. I mean, that's what he's done over the years. I mean, and he even took time off when we were when I was having uh, babies to stay at home so that I could I could work. So yeah. um, I'm very grateful to him. Because a lot of show business marriages don't work out. You you seem to have a very strong one, and it's nearly yeah. 20 years now. Yeah. Well, he's been very understanding, and every any time he ever complains, I just say. You're the one who talked me into this in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, it's uh, it's gone very well, and it's been uh, 18 years. But do you think a lot of it is because he's in the same business? He understands the pressures yeah. on you, and so on. Yes, but he also knew enough to sort of step aside and not really get involved. And 
and I, I involve them from time to time in creative decisions that have to do with artwork and things like that. But but by and large, he, he does his own thing, and uh, I think that's very important, too. I think that, you know, I have my career, he has his, and we give each other a lot of space, so that's been very crucial, I think, to the, uh, you know, to the uh, marriage. Tell us about your two children. Well, William is uh, 17. Uh, he's very interested in music, and as a matter of fact, t- uh, is taking music, or was taking music. He has now t- changed to drama, but he's very much into the arts. All right. And, uh, he's a drummer, and he plays piano, and he also plays bass, and he sings. And um, Do you think he will make it? Do you think he will progress? I don't know whether he'll even go for it. I, I just think these are things that... But I think that he certainly has the talent for it. Whatever he decides that he wants to do, he's certainly determined enough, and he really works hard. So he's going to be successful at whatever he does, in my opinion. Do you want him to go into your business? Well, I wouldn't mind if he did. I really wouldn't. I would love to see him do drama. I'd love to see him do some acting, because I think he's got a real aptitude. But um, I want him to do what what he feels good about and what will make him happy. So I, I would go along with anything. He's a real sensible kid. And so, yeah, anything he decides. So what about Dawn? Well, she's 14. She'll be 15 in April. and mm-hmm. She's, I think, a very typical 14-year-old. She, she's got the braces on her teeth, the orthotics in her shoes. She's grown about six inches in the last two years. She's oh. five foot eight and gangly, and, and her friends are very important to her, and you know, up and down like a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> Who do they take after the two children? Well, I think there's a little bit of both of us uh, in both children. Um, yeah. Don's, Don is fairly outgoing, like her father, and William's a little more quiet. But I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, I see traits of both of us in them. Is Dawn showing any showbiz tendencies at this stage? Well, she she sings, and I... but. You know, when you when you live in a household where your mother is a singer, and a, you, you tend not to do so much of it. I try to get her to sing from time to time, and she's just a little shy about it because yeah. she knows how good I am, and she know, and perhaps she thinks that I'm going to be too critical or something. So, just lately though, she's been starting to do it, and she's got a great little voice. So we'll just have to wait and see. So you're going to become a family, a singing family soon. Yeah. You think? Yeah, well, there's certainly lots of music here, and they've, they've been exposed to every different kind of music, and uh, they love it. My son is very much into jazz and and uh, classical music. What do you think it's been like for your children to grow up with your name? Well, they seem to be very well-adjusted. I know that early on, when William first started high school, for instance, when I drove him to school, he would make me drop him off two blocks from the school so no one would see and stuff like that but as people gradually found out it didn't bother him anymore it was just the initial but Dawn is just the opposite she wants me to put the top down in the convertible and drive by the car with her in it (laughs) (laughs) how much do you get recognized everywhere you go well certainly here I do yes and and in the US uh, particularly in New York isn't it funny a city that large you'd think people get lost but I think People there are accustomed to seeing famous people, but I, I find it that in New York I get recognized more than almost any other place. 
Now, the Anne Murray Centre, what does it mean? What, does it, what is it exactly? Is it a museum to you? Yes, it is. And it houses all the memorabilia from my career and, um, and from my life, for that matter. My mother kept everything. I was the only girl, as I mentioned, and she just yeah. kept everything. She was a pack rat. <laughs> She's got the little dress, like I came home from the hospital in, the yeah. booties. She's got the... The softball glove. She's got. She's kept everything. So it's all there. The gold records, the platinum records, the Grammy awards, um, and and what it is, it's a, a non-profit organization, and it's run by the government and the town. And um, in Nova Scotia. Yes. So everything that they make from the sale of whatever is there goes back into the running of the building, and it's kind of a tourist attraction. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I get no money from it or anything like that. Do you ever go and help out in the souvenir shop or something? Well, <laughs> I drop in from time to time and say hello and, and shock people <laughs> by my presence, but I don't spend a lot of time there, no. How many visitors does it get every year? Oh, you know, I have no idea. That's terrible. I should know these things. Not but at all. I, I don't know. Does it seem weird having a, a center named after you? And well, it did in the beginning, and when I went through it for the first time... I was completely overwhelmed yeah. because a lot of things I had forgotten about. There are things like my report cards are all there and, and pictures from the past and when I was a kid and stuff that I hadn't seen. And it takes you right through and there are videos and I have a lot of videos because I I started in television very early in my career. So it's my career is well document, uh, documented on, on film and, and on videotape. So, and all that's there. Is it in the house that you were born in or something? Or? No, no. It's, they built an actual building. Uh, my mother still lives in the house. Uh, not the house I was born in, but I moved there when I was four. So I spent my whole life there. But that's not where the center is? No, no. It's right in the center of town. In New Jersey, they had a Bruce Springsteen museum, which didn't last very long. And yours is doing extremely well by oh, the center. Oh, it's doing great. Yeah. yeah, it's doing just great. It just sits all by itself there and... Uh, and you've had but, a lot of uh, country music awards. I don't have many country music awards. I have uh, maybe four, three or four, but yeah. see, the country people could never figure out whether I was country or pop. And, yeah, the pop people could never <coughs> figure out whether I was country or what I was. So in all their confusion, I didn't, make, I didn't get a lot of country awards. <laughs> You have a lot of admirers in in the music business, obviously, and, and you know one is K.D. Lang, for instance. What do you feel about her music and her sort of image and everything? How do you feel about today's people? Well, I think uh, I, I think the world of K.D. Lang. I think she's a great talent, and I think you know that the the move that she made out of country and into whatever it was. But you see, I always chuckle a little bit to myself about that kind of thing because somebody who sings as well as she does can sing anything. You don't have to be limited to any one kind of music. She has a she has a crooner's voice. Yeah. Her voice is not unlike mine in that respect. That that it's that easy sort of approach to a song, and and um, I have nothing but admiration for her. I think she's great. What do you think of the clothes she wears, though, and the image that she has? Well, I I think I would love to see a little more of a feminine approach, but. She's her own person. I, that's, yeah. I, I, I leave that up to her entirely, you know. Um, I, I can't imagine being a woman and wanting to look like a boy, but that's, that's her prerogative, you know. Yeah. Now, I interviewed another um, Canadian star the other day, Celine Dion. Oh, yeah. Are you close friends with her? Do you see much of her? No, I've only met her uh, 
on the Juno Awards last year, I was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And she was the host of the show, and she was part of a tribute that they did to me, and she sang one of my songs. So I met her then, but I don't really know her, but uh, she's fabulous. She's a great talent. There's a lot of duets going on at the moment. We keep on, you know, for even Frank Sinatra's done one recently. Yes, is, I know. Is there any intention for you to do a duet with anyone? I haven't uh, really thought of it. Um, I'd love to do a duet with Elton John one day, because um, he's been a favorite of mine for years and years and years. But um, I don't have a burning desire to do a duet with any particular person. Maybe Katie Lang. I, I'd like that. We did a TV show together here in, in Canada, and we did a duet, and it went very well. Now, what about um, plans that you have got at the moment? What What are the things? Well, what's in store for you? Ma- my main uh, objective right now is to launch this album, this Croonin album, which I think is is the finest thing I've ever done. It's excellent. I must say, I yeah. did enjoy it. Yeah. I well, I'm glad to hear that because I I really it, and it was such a labor of love, and I. I, I had a, it was a great experience in the studio, and I can count on the fingers of one hand the number of times you feel that kind of excitement in yeah. the studio, particularly after all these years. Yeah. So to me, I, I would love to launch this album, and I, I would love to have this be a success in Europe. I've never been, never done very well in Europe, and I've always been perplexed as to why, and I'm just hoping that perhaps this album might do it for me. It would be great. You've definitely got a lot of fans over here, though. I mean, do you intend to come over here and perform? Yes. Well, I'm coming over in March to do some television and right. to do some promotion. And depending on how that goes and how the album, the launch of the album goes, yes, I'd love to come back. I'll, I'll come back any time. How do you want your career to progress from now on? Well, I haven't really thought too much further than this, Peter, but I, I do have a new record contract. Um, if this album goes well, and I suspect that it will, um, we'll just go on from there. I, um, I'm not really sure what will happen, but it would be a whole new thing for me if this if this does well in Europe, and maybe it'll be a, a different focus for me for a couple of years. I can go to Europe and perform and, and do things that I've wanted to do for a long time. I've, I've been performing here in Canada and the U.S. for 25 years, and I'd love to have a change of scene and come over there and and um, and do my thing there so hopefully that will happen if you had to pick out a highlight from your 25 years what what would it be well i always go back to that grammy award that i won i think that was the highlight and it really started things rolling for me my career i after that here in north america i had one hit record after another that just catapulted my career and uh has has sustained me uh, through to to now. So I think that has to be the uh, highlight. What are your personal ambitions now for you and your family? Well, what I'd like to do in the next couple of years, too, is break 90 in golf. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what you were thinking of there. (laughs) I'm trying to break 90. I've shot 91 about six times, and I haven't been able to break it. So that's my big personal goal (laughs) right now. I'd like to my kids uh, get through school and, and then go to university and and go off and do whatever they want. But apart from that, um, that's about it for now. Well, that's certainly enough, isn't it? Yes, it uh, is. Uh, great. Thanks, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.